Hi, I'm Levi from WCF. Before we get into this episode of Faith Foundations, I wanted to take a quick minute to introduce a few other podcasts in the WCF Podcast Network. I am a co-host on a show called A Little Faith, where we explore faith breakdowns and buildups with different people who have very powerful stories to tell. Sam Taylor from Cleveland, Ohio, produces weekly devotionals in Pause to Consider. Think Mr. Rogers meets Fireside Chat. I love Sam's humble style, and I think every episode is fantastic. You can find both of those wherever you get your podcasts or on our website at wcfoundation.org podcasts. Also, did you know that WCF sponsors thousands of meals a month for children in India who are unable to afford any food? Please visit wcfoundation.org for more info and donate if you can. Now, here's the show. You know, life is a precious thing. The older we get, the more we realize it. We learn about death early in life. Children see insects die, birds, animals, and then perhaps later on, friends or family. We never think that we'll die ourselves. It's something that happens to other people. However, gradually, the consciousness of death comes in on us, and we realize that as part of creation, we will go the way of the rest of creation. The subject of this talk is sin and death. In summary, death is the result of sin. To understand the way to life, we must understand the reason for death. The Bible has quite a bit to say about death and about life. If we understand the nature of death and the reason for death, we can understand the way out of death, how everlasting life can be achieved. The subject of death is introduced in the book of Genesis, chapter 2. The Almighty God had created man. He had put him in a beautiful garden with ideal conditions, a friendly environment, with only one rule to follow. Then comes sin and the sentence of death. Quote, The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to till it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may freely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall die. Now we all remember the story of what comes next, how that the serpent, who is more cunning than any of the other creatures, said to Eve, Did God say, You shall not eat of any tree of the garden? The woman told him this was true. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not die, for God knows that in the day when you eat of it, you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So Eve was tempted, and took of the fruit, and then later gave Adam the fruit to eat as well, so they both disobeyed the command of God. Of course, God knew all about what had happened. Then eventually he pronounced judgment upon Adam because of what he'd done. This judgment is contained in the third chapter, and to Adam he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you, and in toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth to you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, until you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken. You are dust, and to dust you shall return. This describes life as we know it. We eat our bread by the sweat of our brow, and we eventually return to the ground from which we were taken. Here we are dying creatures, inheriting the condition of our forefather, Adam. In truth, we are like clocks running down. The older we get, the less energy we have, 
the less resistance. Ultimately, we die. It should be noted that not only Adam and Eve suffered the penalty of death. As they had children, the children shared in the same nature that they were living under the sentence of death, which is life as we know it, mortality. Now then, the connection between sin and death. The entrance of sin was followed by sorrow and pain, by toil and struggle, the ground cursed, and finally by death. You were dust, and to dust you shall return. This then is the defined definition of death, a literal returning to the dust. This is the first reference to death in the scriptures. The condition of death which fell upon man was the consequence of sin. Many Bible passages could be produced to show the nature of death. The Bible teaching is that when someone dies and returns to the earth, they have, under normal conditions, ceased to exist as a person. The psalmist says, Put not your trust in princes, nor in the Son of Man, in whom there is no help. His breath goes forth, he returns to his earth, in that very day his thoughts perish. That's found in Psalm 146. Later, Solomon urges the need to be diligent in life because all activity ceases when death comes. In Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 10, he says, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might, for there is no work, no device, no knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave whither thou goest. Now I'd like to add here that there is a way out of death. There is an afterlife, but we are not really ready to understand that hope until we really understand the finality of death. There are many who believe that death means the transition from one life to another, that we continue life in some form of conscious existence. However, many Bible passages are opposed to this view. In Psalm 146, which I just quoted, you noted that it stated that when death comes, all thought all knowledge, all activity comes to an end. Psalm 6 gives a similar thought. In death, there is no remembrance of thee in the grave. Who shall give thee thanks? If you refer to the other chapter I quoted in Ecclesiastes chapter 9, you'll read, For the living know that they shall die, but the dead know not anything. Neither have they any more reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. The Bible speaks of death as a ceasing of conscious existence. It means an end to life and to thought. In the book of Genesis, we saw that there was a definite link between sin and death. This principle is also stated in the New Testament. In his letter to the Romans, the Apostle Paul wrote in chapter 5, By one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. That one man was Adam. In chapter 6, Paul says, for the wages of sin is death. In other words, we earned a wage by sin. We earned death. That is our true wages, our true deserts. In the eighth chapter, Paul describes the connection between sin and death as a law. It's the law of sin and death. In other words, there is a close and inevitable connection between sin and death. It's an action and a consequence. It's a relationship we cannot avoid. Paul says in this letter to the Roman church that we all stand condemned because of sin by virtue of our own sins as well as our inheritance. We stand in the condition of death. If then we can appreciate the point of view of the Almighty, we will understand that sin is repulsive. Sin comes very close to selfishness. 
self-will of our self-concern at the expense of others. The effects of self-concern or license is unfaithfulness, greed, brutality, and many of the ills of present-day society. So it follows that if we wish God's forgiveness from sin, if we wish his redemption from death, then we must have a new perspective which recognizes the seriousness of sin and which desires a better life. The way out of death is through Christ. Jesus is called the Prince of Life. He's also called the author of eternal salvation. John says, He that hath the Son hath life. All this means that the role and person of Jesus are essential to life after death. When the New Testament speaks of life, it's talking not about our present life because that life is regarded in the Bible as a dying life, like a clock running down, a life for a moment. The life that the Bible speaks about is a life such as Jesus has now. He died and rose from the dead, never to die again. Jesus said that in the coming age, we shall never die. He said that those who are accounted worthy to attain the world to come will never die like the angels because, as he said, they will be children of God and children on the resurrection that's found in Luke 20. Just as Jesus rose from the dead, so others may rise from the dead. For them, death is but a sleep. In fact, that's the way the Bible talks about death. For those who are in Christ, who are baptized in the name of Christ, they are not dead, but they are sleeping. They sleep awaiting the resurrection of the dead, and in God's sight, they are only asleep. Why would God do this for some people? The answer comes back to the question of sin. There has to be on our part a recognition of our true position before God. We must recognize that we deserve death because of sin. No man should say, God should give me everlasting life. We don't deserve it. However, if we recognize our true nature and if we turn to God in faith, then God begins to show his mercy and love to us. If we have this attitude, we'll seek God's way out of death. The Apostle Peter said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. That is what is required of us. Briefly, repent. Repent literally means to have a new mind. It is not merely feeling sorry for what you've done. It's the desire to have a new perspective in life. It means to put away the old way of life and to take on the life of God. Repentance is the first step of forgiveness. Repent and be baptized. The second step is to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. That name involves the righteousness of Jesus and its way, which a man can share in Jesus' own resurrection from the dead, just as Christ was raised up from the dead by God's power. So those who believe in Jesus will be raised from the dead if they're baptized in his name. So, there is a way out of sin and death. However, an understanding of sin and its consequence of death is essential before we are ready to understand the way provided. The Bible teaches that death is death. Death is not a transition to a different life. Death is what our eyes tell us. It's the cessation of life. We may take great comfort, however, that a way has been provided for a man or woman to escape the grip of life and to share in the eternal life which God offers to us. For those, death is only asleep, waiting for the resurrection. The way is through Christ. He is the way to life. In Christ, God has arranged a marvelous moral turning point in our lives. Those who are ready to admit their true position before God 
a position deserving death, are ready to accept the way through Christ, a way of repentance, baptism, and faith. To those who seek God through Christ, God offers life, life eternal in the kingdom to come.